Radiolab is supported by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, exercising, cleaning. What if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com, Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Radio Lab is supported by the John Templeton Foundation, funding research and catalyzing conversations that inspire people with awe and wonder. Learn about the researchers making the latest discoveries in the science of well-being, complexity, forgiveness, and free will at templeton.org/podcast. <laughs> Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Uh, wait, you're listening. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. <coughs> you're listening, listening to Radio Lab. Radio Lab. From WNYC. See? Yep. Hey, everybody. It's Jad. I, uh, we are hard at work on the other Latif episode five to tide you over. It's just going to be a few more days. We wanted to give you a behind-the-scenes peek. It's a little bit of a making of, a little bit of a director's cut, a little bit of a glimpse into Latif's brain. That would be our Latif. Uh, throughout the whole process of making the series, uh, very often we will sit down in the studio and just kind of like brain dump to each other, as we call it. Uh, and I want to play you a little bit of uh, one of those conversations that Latif and I had quite recently. I uh, hope you enjoy it. The next episode of the series will be with you later this week. But uh, yeah, okay. So, uh, so Latif. Yeah. Here we are. We're working on episode five. It's coming out later in the week. Uh, maybe it's a good well, time. Well, we should say, if I can interrupt Yeah, yeah, you. go. No, no, go, please. Like, we should say, because so many people who have been like reaching out to me like they think they're done like like <laughs> they're so like not they're done. not done we're like we're making them now yeah. like we are frantically scrambling to make them that's true that is exactly why we're here in a way yeah because we're still in the process but it's interesting like i mean one of the things we kind of hoped at the beginning was that as we started telling the story people would reach out um, yeah, and that has happened like mean, who is who has contacted you in the last few a lot of people a lot of people. And that's kind of what I was secretly hoping when we decided to make it come out weekly. Like, And just people are popping up. People are uh, a bunch of former people who worked at Guantanamo Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the most difficult sources that uh, I've been trying to find this whole time for like years now uh, have been other uh, uh, former Guantanamo detainees. Yeah. And so... Finding one of these guys who was willing to talk, who knew Abdul Latif, um, and who you know was 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 just talk toable. Uh, it, it's been so difficult. And then, like literally this morning, uh, I got a uh, uh, like a DM from a guy being like, "Hey, I, 
uh, like I'm I knew Abdul Latif. I'm willing to talk. Oh, and by the way, I know another guy who also knew Abdul Latif, and he's also willing to talk. Wow. And like we, I literally just did an interview with him. Um, and and it's like th- this interview that had been eluding me for 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 three years now, like <laughs> a few days before this thing is supposed to come out. Um, and and like I wish all of this stuff could make it in, and I I know inevitably it can't. But yeah, have you heard through Shelby or through anyone? About Abdul Latif, has he? Does he know that you're that this is happening? So he knows that it's happening. Uh, so far, he does not. He has not heard it, but he's sort of. Uh, I think he's heard about it through his lawyers, Mark and Shelby, and so he. Um, yeah, apparently he he he's sort of encouraging about it. I mean, I can tell you. Do you want to see the? I don't. Have you seen this? Here, okay. I'll just read you the email I got from Reprieve. Okay. Uh, hi, Latif. I thought you might like to know that Mark, uh, who's Shelby's colleague, met Abdul Latif last week for the first time since the podcast started. Mark described the episodes in detail and said it's being listened to widely and picked up by CNN and in the New York Times. Uh, it's also, by the way, um, made front page news in Morocco. Wow. Um, Abdul Latif was very happy to hear that people are listening and impressed that Christiane Amanpour wanted to hear about it on her show. He asked Mark to pass on a message to you, to to me. Tell him to get his name out of Guantanamo. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Wow. Yeah, like it. That's 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 spooky. Yeah. I don't know. How does that strike you? There's a part of me that's like, this is that's not my job. Um, I'm not. Uh, civil servant. I am not a bureaucrat. I'm a journalist. I tell the story. I don't uh, like. It's not my job to decide who's in and who's out. Um, although I, and that takes me to the other side of me, which is that I definitely have an opinion. I have an opinion that if w- the U.S. government came together and the nonpartisan career bureaucrats decided together uh, with intelligence that I don't even have, that this guy should go home. I think we should honor that. Yeah. And I think that not honoring that is is a crummy thing for us to do. Coming up, one of the stranger stories that we encountered in the series so far. This one didn't actually make the cut, but uh, I'm going to play it for you after the break. This is Marnie Campbell from the beautiful banks of Lake Washington in Seattle, Washington. Radiolab is supported in part by the Alfred P. Sloan Foundation, enhancing public understanding of science and technology in the modern world. More information about Sloan at www.sloan.org. Jed here back with Latif. One of the things that's been... Um, alternatively interesting and also deeply frustrating for us about making this series is that we have not been able to speak directly with the main character of our story. Abdul Latif Nasser is still held at Guantanamo Bay, and of course journalists cannot speak to detainees, so all we have to go on are the files. And on those files, he does look suspicious at times. But it does make you kind of wonder, and Latif and I have talked about this, 
Like, what does a life look like on paper? I mean, it's like, have you ever wondered what your life would look like if someone tried to make a series about you based solely on what's written about you on paper? It's funny because because so I when you when you sign up to become a citizen, you have to tell them all the trips you have taken. And so you have to like go through your life and you have to be like, I made a trip outside the country here and outside the country there. And I, I go to Canada all the time, like to visit my family. Is it every single trip? Literally every single trip. Yeah. Not only that, you have to list every single organization that you've been a part of, like any kind of organization, like a, like a PTA or like a, like a, any, like a, homeowners associate whatever like you have to list everything um what you realize like even in looking over my own life which i had to do for my citizenship application like things don't on paper nobody makes sense like on paper things are suspicious like because you don't you're not inside it you don't see the motivations people have to jump from this country to this country uh you know like why did this person go at this time to this place like I don't know. And when you don't know, things look suspicious. And like, I get that. Uh, and, and so, and like, I have this fantasy of like one day Abdul Latif is going to get out and I'm going to sit down with him and he's going to like, tell me all the things I got so wrong. Mm. Um, both, both for the, I'm sure there are things he'll say that are even more incriminating. And I'm sure there are things that he'll say that are even less incriminating, but like, like, I'm sure there are so many things that I got so wrong because you just can't know. Like, l- human lives are just so, they are, they're so, like, chaotic and expansive that, like, that no amount of, like, paper evidence of, like, a, a, a recounting of someone's life can, like, capture the 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 sense of it. Because sometimes there isn't even a sense of yeah, it to capture. Yeah. Like, it's just the, like, vagaries of a life. If you think about the information that undergirds the world we're in now, like this, like sprawling, endless war on terror, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you're and you're like, where where did it begin? Obviously, it began with nine eleven, but really not. But let's just say nine eleven, and but then it's just gone and gone and gone and gone. And the people who are chasing now mm-hmm. weren't even born on nine yeah. eleven, and so like, it's really hard to sort of like plot the cause and effect or whatever it is. But you go all the way back to like the beginning, the, like the the information upon which it all sits. And one of the real revelations for me in just being a sort of a a part of the team watching you report this out is that you got back to the paper, <laughs> the original paper. Yeah, yeah. And then you look at what's on those papers and sometimes it's the craziest freaking thing. And you're just like, wait, oh, what? Oh, man. Yeah. That's what? Yeah, and it's like, exactly. It's, it, exactly. Like, it's like, it's like, okay, so if I start with a guy, but I can't access the guy, so I can only access his file. So I start with a paper about him. And then in that paper, there are a bunch of names of other people who gave other information. So then I use that to leapfrog to their papers, right? And then their papers, like, sometimes even you you use that, you can leapfrog to another paper. And, and then, like, eventually you find there's something in those trail of papers that you're like, this can't be real. Well, get, well, give me an example. Yeah. There was a, a piece of tape that fell out last week, like of, of that section that uh, where we were talking about the informants. Yeah. And the, like, because I, I went pretty deep on a lot of those informants, like b- both trying to talk to them, but also just studying their stories. And yeah. their stories are 
shocking, some of them. Like, one of the informants who I wanted to talk about in last week's episode, but I didn't get a chance to because uh, it just, there were so many things. Um, so we talked to one of Abdul Latif's early lawyers, this guy Clive Stafford Smith. Uh, yes, he's the guy who actually founded that uh, law firm Reprieve, who... Uh, and who we will hear much uh, more from in episode five, by the way. Oh, that's right. That's right. Exactly yeah, yeah. right. So he told me the story of this guy that he says gave information about Abdul Latif Nasser. It's, you can't make this up. So there's this guy, this guy's name is Ali Abdul Mutalib Awayed Hassan Al-Tayyia, uh, Iraqi guy. So this guy, uh, again, one of these, Clive calls them, I think he called them super snitches, but uh, let's call them infor- government informants. Um, so, According to Clive, this guy gave evidence about Abdul Latif. So there was this one informant who had made a statement against Abdul Latif. And one of these guys wanted a benefit. You know, not only did he want to not be abused and he wanted televisions and things, but he wanted to be released if he was willing to tell stories. Um, And the reason he said, and, you know, this is a bit off color, but he said, I want to be released because I have a problem. And my problem is I have a very small penis and I want penis enhancement surgery and I want to be taken to the United States for that to happen. And then he says in this thing, would you like to look? And I'm glad to say that the American interrogator says no. Well, this is the sort of thing that was going on there where these guys would make up stories. And I think it was this particular person who in the course of 90 minutes, an hour and a half, snitched on 92 prisoners. So, you know, more than one prisoner per minute with statements saying that they were Al-Qaeda or whatever nonsense um, that was used to hold these people in Guantanamo Bay for years. And this is, I've seen so much of this and most of it I'm not allowed to talk about, but this I can because it's declassified. Wait, so he and his rationale for 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 saying all these things about all these people was that he wanted he wanted a bigger penis that was it i mean it's hard to believe isn't it oh my god i did not see that coming it's like so complicated right yeah that's horrible you're like this poor guy like yeah. like i i you know you you're you feel like you have this kind of deep seated body image problem that like i I don't, I, it's not my place to judge that. Like, I, I don't, I don't care. Like you deserve medical help. And, and if you, if you feel like you need it, but like, but the fact that that is motivating like this very dark thing, like this informant yeah. to say all of these things about all of these people that has really damning, like, it's like, like this is just, this is not yeah right. Uh, uh, lots of, uh, I know you've told me this story before, but can you tell me the Night of a Thousand Prayers story again? Yeah. So there's this special night in Islam called Lilaytul Qadr. It's the the night of power, the holiest night for Muslims, uh, which is uh, supposed to be the night when Muhammad, the Prophet Muhammad, uh, first got a revelation of the Quran. And uh, in our sect, at least, uh, and I I think most sects do something like this, uh, what you do is that night you go to the mosque and you stay up all night. Literally, they leave out coffee beans for people to eat so that they can stay up, so that they can pray. Um, because that night, your prayers are more powerful than prayers on any other night. It it, it, it even says this in the Quran. It's um, hmm. like there's a calculus to it, which is kind of funny. Um, 
that every prayer you make on Lilaythal Qadr is worth 1,000 months of prayers from any other night. Wow. Um, so if you feel like if you're, which is if like, like such you're an behind, absurd thing, then you can just if you've missed a few, then you just wait for Lethal Cutter. Totally, totally, right, right, right. Um, yeah, it's also weird. Like it's like you're counting blessings or something. Like is it, it's funny that there should be an accounting there that there's a number. But anyway, um, but uh, yeah, but like so people would always like everyone, my family, everybody we would go to the mosque and. Uh, and I wanted to stay up so badly. And there was one year, I must have been in middle school, I think. And and I had a test coming up, uh, like a, or a quiz or something. And uh, my dad found out about it. But I was like, no, no, no. Because usually what I do is I take them, I, I pray all night. And then I would stay home from school the next day because it was so late. Uh, and then that this one time I had this quiz and my dad told me I couldn't stay up for lethal cutter because I had to. I had to go home for the quiz wow. uh, to sleep so that I could go back to school for the quiz. And and it was like, it was this thing where I was like, I don't think you get the <laughs> proportions here. <laughs> like, this is a, this is a, 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 a quiz. Like, I, I'm a fifth grader and this is a quiz, like, versus a thousand nights of prayer. Like, this is my soul we're talking about. Like, like, I don't think you are fully comprehending how significant this is and you are like like you're forcing me to go home you're like blocking me from like this this chance that i'm only gonna have so many of during my lifetime um and my dad like i I don't know where how he made the calculation in his brain but like my dad i don't know he's like just this immigrant dad he wants to like he values education, he thinks it's really important, and he, and that's a moment where he sort of, did, did, I think, did a calculus in his head and was like, I, it's more important for my kid to go to school and to do this quiz. That's so interesting. He's like, it's like he's almost like he has to put his chips on the table in a way. He totally, yeah. And he would never say that if you asked him. I think, I mean, I don't know, I don't know exactly what he'd say, but I, I think, um, yeah, those are two of his like chief values and priorities on planet earth like like his value for his faith and his value for like education and his kids to get a good education like those are like like they're neck and neck they're really up there and it's like funny because that one moment it's like he had to in a way choose between them yeah and 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 that this guy abdul latif nasser seems to have been the flip side of that like he seems to have really wanted the same thing that I wanted. And his his mom seemed to want the same thing that my dad wanted for me. You know, like, it's like, send this kid to school, let him get a good education. Like, he's gonna, he's gonna, you know, uh, that's gonna be something our family can be really proud of. And this guy did not, he, he went to school, but it sort of crumbled for him there. He did not get that chance that, like, there was this moment when this guy, you know, he could have had this opportunity to 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 study to sort of build this like secular life yeah. uh and it sort of fell apart and then and then and and not to say that these are the only two ways that it can go but like that that he then like made his faith the thing that that sort of anchored his identity and and was the thing that he would like move to other countries to try to find
That's it for now. The other Latif episode five is coming your way in just a few days. In the meantime, here's a taste. I really think that this place we're going, it's literally every single Muslim American's worst nightmare. Hi, I'm Stephanie Boyd calling from Williamstown, Massachusetts. Radio Lab is created by Jad Abumrad with Robert Krulrich and produced by Soren Wheeler. Dylan Keith is our director of sound design. Susie Lechtenberg is our executive producer. Our staff includes Simon Adler, Becca Bressler, Rachel Kusick, David Gebel, Bethel Hapti, Tracy Hunt, Matt Keelty, Annie McEwen, Latif Nasser, Sarah Carey, Ariane Wack, Pat Walters, and Molly Webster, with help from Shima Oliayi, W. Harry Fortana, Sarah Sandbach, Melissa O'Donnell, Tad Davis, and Russell Gregg. Our fact checker is Michelle Harris. Radio Lab is supported by the John Templeton Foundation, funding research and catalyzing conversations that inspire people with awe and wonder. Learn about the researchers making the latest discoveries in the science of well-being, complexity, forgiveness, and free will at templeton.org slash podcast.